G'day, it's your friendly neighborhood coach here and in this video I'm going to highlight the variety of changes for match play that are being introduced from the General's Handbook that you're going to need to get your head across. If you are new to Warhammer Age of Sigma, the General's Handbook is an annual publication which introduces new ways to play the game and changes like adjustment in points, modification in scenarios and new rules. Other than the changes that I'm going to introduce in this video, you will find in the General's Handbook new ways to play the game. Ways for narrative gamers, for open play gamers, and for match play gamers. You're going to learn how to play Battles in the Sky, build your own custom hero, as well as being able to create like a 4 on 4 teams battle. If you are interested in things like the points changes, you will find those discussed in another video on this channel. So, Let's get into it. Let's look into the eight key changes in the General's Handbook 2020 that I think you need to know. If I have missed one and you think there's one that I've missed, make sure to leave a comment in the comment section and let me know what you found and why that's important. Match play lists are going to be limit, uh, limited to the amount of endless spells they're going to be able to include. So in previous iterations, General's Handbook 2019 for example, there was no limitation on the amount of endless spells that you could take. Armies like Seraphon, Zanj, Cities of Sigma, and Gloomspite Gits were uh, often enjoyed a whole bunch of uh, endless spells, and you might have four, five, six, seven. I've seen some crazy lists out there with a lot of endless spells. But unfortunately, in General's Handbook 2020, there is now a limitation. Vanguard armies can include up to two endless spells, Battle Host can take up to three, War Host can take up to four. Realm Artifacts, Ignax Scales, uh, Sword of Judgment, Thermal Rider Cloak, Griff Feather Charm, Ethereal Amulet, these are all some of our favourite artifacts from Malign Sorcery. You probably know exactly what they all do by now. Good or bad, they are all taking a, uh, a deserved break in match play. Now, if you decide to run an army from the Mortal Realms, so if you've decided that your army is from Hish or Gairan or wherever it might be in the Mortal Realms, and you want to make one of your artifacts an artifact of power from the realm, you must now choose an artifact from General's Handbook 2020, Realm of Battle. So you can find towards the back of the book, there is a whole bunch of realm information. So uh, you will think, find things like realm rules, you'll be able to find realm command abilities, realm spells, realms of realm effects. And, you know, to be honest with you, no one is stopping you from playing with malign sorcery with your friends or in a narrative battle. However, as we kind of come back into the tournament season, you probably should expect that your tournament organizer is going to ask you to choose either artifacts from your battle tome or artifacts from the new general's handbook. They probably will likely ban malign sorcery. But again, some tournament organizers may not, but I would expect the worst and hope for the best. But there are some interesting uh, artifacts and I do have them on the screen, uh, one from each of the realms that are playable. They're clearly not as powerful as some of the ones that I mentioned. Certainly no Griff Feather Charm, certainly no Ignax's Scales, uh, but it will create some very interesting list diversity with people now tapping into the artifacts from their battle tome. The special rule. Now, it's actually called the special rule. So if you look on page 27 of your General's Handbook 2020, you will find a box that's called the special rule. Now, it applies to all match play games, so it is very important that you get across this. And the rule is as followed. You cannot make more than one dice roll, excluding re-rolls, to negate a wound or mortal wound that has been allocated to the model. 
If you could use more than one, pick an ability to negate allocated wounds or mortal wounds. You miss, must pick one to use. So what does this all mean? What it means is that you can only have one damage prevention roll after you fail your armor save. For example, if I was going to run a Cities of Sigma army, and you're probably very surprised that I would use that as an example, and let's say I have a unit of Phoenix Guard, and they are in range with a Luminarch of Hish. Phoenix Guard on their War Scroll have a 4-up aftersave, and then an additional 4-plus uh, damage prevention. Uh, it's called the Witness of Destiny. So basically, if I fail my armor save, uh, whether it's a wound or a mortal wound, I have an additional 4 plus that is unmodified, I, I can't be modified by rend, that would pre prevent the damage from going through. The Luminarch of Hish also provides a 6 plus damage prevention roll if you are within range of it. So in General's Handbook uh, 2019, imagine I was being attacked by uh, a model with no rend. So my Phoenix Guide would have a 4 up save, they fail that. Then I have a 4 plus after that, which is coming from the, the War Scroll Witness of Destiny. And if they were in range of that Luminarch, they would get an extra 6, six plus save as well. So there's a lot of ways to potentially avoid that damage. In General's Handbook 2020, I still get my 4 up a normal armor save. However, I would have to choose whether I take that 4 plus additional Witness of Destiny or the 6 plus Aura of Protection from the Luminarch. I couldn't have both. So um, I would obviously choose the best one at my disposal, but long story short, having these two, three, four different layers of, um, of damage prevention, things like um, the, the War Shrine from the uh, Slaves to Darkness is another example that, that you probably get another after save. So um, things like the Luminarch, things like the War Shrine may not be as valuable, but no, long story short, the special rule says only one damage prevention roll after the failed armor save. The next rule here and the next change that we've seen here is kill points. So for a number of years, kill points were used to determine, you know, minor victories. It would never be the ultimate determiner of a major victory or a major loss. But certainly if the, the battle points were equal uh, at the end of the game, tournament organizers and the battle plans would say that um, you would then calculate the amount of kill points and then whoever killed more than their opponent um, would ultimately get the minor victory. In the New General's Handbook 2020, you will find that kill points is no longer the deciding factor for the minor victory. Now, we will talk in a second what's going to replace that. And obviously, tournament organizers may still use kill points as a secondary scoring mechanism. But know that if you want the minor victory, and there are some battle plans that are very hard to get the major victory, that kill points is not the way you're going to do it. Instead, you're going to use these secondary objectives, these um, auxiliary objectives. Now, you will find that in your General's Handbook 2020 on page 109. The way this works is that you have to choose two objectives from that page 109. In a match play game, after the setup is complete, but before the players determine who goes first, each player must pick two of those objectives and apply that to their army for the battle. Once both of those players are, have chosen the auxiliary objectives, they must reveal them to their opponents simultaneously. There is 18 to choose from, so I'm sure there's going to be plenty that meet your style of play or your army list that you've created. In match play games, um, the, the person who, if you complete more than your opponent, 
um, you will get the minor victory. If both of you complete the same amount, the battle becomes a draw. So obviously, uh, tournament points or you know battle points or victory points are first. Um, if you are equal on your victory points, it will then go to your secondary objectives, your auxiliary objectives. Uh, if they're still tied, um, you would either be at a draw or your tournament organizer might have kill points as a secondary one. There are some really interesting ones. Um, one of my personal favorites at the moment would be one called Prize Possession, and I do have two on the screen here, Invader and Marked for Death. Prize Possession is one of my favorite. So basically you pick one friendly uh, hero with an artifact of power in your starting army. You complete this objective if, if the hero has not been slain by the end of the battle round. So very easy, just don't get this person killed. That's, that's the goal. If I can do that, boom, I've just got one of my two um, auxiliary objectives. One of my personal favorites is we have two new battle plans. So uh, RIP, Duality of Death and Relocating Orb. Uh, while I enjoyed you, uh, you have been retired in General's Handbook 2020, so there is no Duality of Death, no Relocating Orb. But we do have two new scenarios to take their place, Forcing the Hand and the Blade's Edge. I love both of these objective, these battle plans, and I'm running a tournament in October, and I'm already thinking about running them both. Forcing the hand is based around six objectives, and at the start of the at the start of each player's turn, the opposing player is going to pick one of their own objectives to be the primary. So, for example, player A, it's player A's turn. Play in player A's turn, player B will pick one of player B's objectives and make that the primary. So obviously the one that is easiest to defend against your opponent. Um, I imagine that would be the primary objective. The Blade's Edge is the other one, and that's also based on six objectives. However, this one is different, because at the start of the battle round, after basically after the start of the, start of the battle round from the first, so starting in the second battle round, the player who goes second can choose one objective on the battlefield and remove it from play. So this could, could be a little spicy addition to avoiding things like double turns. Um, we already know going second allows you to move the endless spell first if there's a predatory endless spell on the table. Now there's an additional incentive because a person who goes second gets to remove objective from play. Brilliant. Not only that, but we've got modified battle plans. We have some refreshed battle plans. And in fact, every battle plan except for Star Strike has a new deployment map. So it's brilliant. Uh, when you look at the, the 2019 version of, let's say, Knife to the Heart or Total Conquest or Battle for the Pass, you will notice that some have a minor difference. Some have a significant difference to the deployment map. So that will shake things up a little bit. As previously mentioned as well, the way that you get the minor victory has changed with the auxiliary objectives. But the last and final piece from the modified battle plans that I really, really, really like is that in battle plans like Total Conquest, Focal Points, Scorched Earth, and Shifting Objectives, there is additional bonus points up for grabs, so victory points up for grabs. Total Conquest and Scorched Earth offer an additional victory point each turn if there is a leader within six inches of the objective scoring condition. So if you normally score having more models around an objective and you have a hero within that six-inch bubble as well, you would get a bonus point as well. Brilliant for having those little small five wound, six point wound heroes running around with your battle line um, because you will get bonus points for that. Alternatively, when you look at focal points, 
if you're running, um, if you have a monster or a behemoth within six inch of the objective, you also get an additional victory point uh, each turn. And for shifting objectives, um, if you have a battle line within six inches of it, um, you would score an additional victory point. Some other changes that you might not notice is that Star Strike has been simplified. Previously, when Star Strike came down from the sky, uh, there would be 12 different slots on the table that Star Strike could come down. Now it's only three places. So that's going to be easier for you to know where it's going to be. And in Scorched Earth, you can't burn one of the objectives if there's an enemy hero within six inches of the objective. So you might swamp the you might swamp the objective and have more models around it. And normally that would allow you to burn the objective. But now, if there is still a hero, that five wound, six wound hero, maybe there's a big hero still within six inches of that objective, even though you've got more models around it and normally you'd be able to burn it, you now can't burn it if there's an enemy hero. So again, it is rewarding you to take more heroes. The last change that I've noticed is the triumphs. So when I very first started Age of Sigmar, and I think it was General's Handbook 2016 was the very first one, we old school Age of Sigmar players only had three triumphs. And for the first couple of years, that's all we had was three triumph. Inspired, Bloodthirsty, Indomitable. Recently, we went up to six, and now we're back to three. So this really hasn't changed a lot, to be honest with you guys, because a lot of people just forget this triumphs even exist. They forget to ask how many points is your army, and if I'm under the amount of points that you have, um, they, they forget to, to roll on the triumph table. And for the people even who do roll in the triumph table, even less those people remember to actually use it in the game. So the good news is, is that the three triumphs that are actually in the game still, so again, inspiring, bloodthirsty, indomitable, they are all positive, they are all useful, whether it's going to be uh, re-rolling re -rolling to hits, uh, re-rolling to wound, or re-rolling saves. They're also useful, you just got to remember to ask for your triumph. So with that in mind, they were the eight significant changes from the General's Handbook 2020 that I noticed for Age of Sigma. I would love to hear in the comment section if you've noticed something different, or if you've heard or read the book or listened to this video and you're like, this is going to impact my army, whether it's going to be impacted positively, impacted negatively. I would like to hear from you how these changes are going to impact your army and how are they important. For me, I'm really excited about the um, the new scenarios, given that I am a tournament organizer as well, so I'm always looking for ways to freshen it up, and all of those scenarios will bring something different to the table. I love those new additional bonus points that you can get from some of those scenarios that I just mentioned. I think for myself as a Gits player, I'm going to have to drop some of those endless spells and prioritize um, which of the three endless spells in a 2000 point list I'm going to take. So no, no longer can I just have one or two endless spells in there for lols. I need to really think about how I get the best out of my three. Um, for my Cities of Sigma, I need to think a little bit more about those combinations like the Phoenix Guard and, you know, making sure the Luminarch isn't going to be next to them. So I don't waste that damage prevention. Maybe that Luminarch needs to be somewhere that doesn't already have a damage prevention role. You know, Iron Drakes, um, you know, Free Guild Guard, Crossbowmen, Swordsmen, whatever that might be. Um, I also need to start thinking about some of those auxiliary objectives and, and how they best, best suit my army. And is there ones that um, are going to suit me better? Certainly putting an artifact of power on a five wound hero uh, will make 
making that hero survive uh, for five rounds, especially where things like Seraphon or uh, Teclas might be doing, you know, mortal wounds at range. So again, thinking about these changes, thinking about how they might impact me. And obviously when I get my models on the table, I'll get a better idea. But please let me know, um, how are they going to impact you and, and, and what do you see is going to change the game? G'day. I hope you enjoyed that video and you're left with some new ideas. One of the biggest ways you can contribute to AOS Coach is by liking the video you just watched and leaving a comment in the comment section. This lets YouTube know this is a good video and it should recommend it to other hobbyists. If you'd also like to support the channel even further like these bloody legends, go check out AOS Coach on Patreon. Otherwise, don't forget your triumph.